0: It is autumn in Waterdeep. The sun hangs low behind Waterdeep's skyline, blocked by towers, cathedrals, and massive stone figures, leaving the sky an endless expanse of pink clouds, dotted occasionally by a griffin-mounted member of the city watch. The guards beside the city gates don the extra layers of leather and fur they had discarded in the summer months, preparing for a season of storms and cold winds. The human nobles who had spent the stretch abroad now return in droves, escorted by legions of servants and personal guard on horseback, caravans of farmers and common folk halting in the cold to let pass those more important than themselves in the eyes of the city. No one notices the single dark figure passing through the gates against the traffic, which is odd because you, Brayden, are massive. Broad-shouldered and deeply muscled, second only to your horse and this small stream of civilians. Your business in the city is concluded, and tomorrow you will return to see it through at the yawning portal tavern. Though once your quest for power went no further than the burning lands before you, now you seek influence of another sort, and your partnership with the alibi is your first move in a long, slow game. But for now, You aim only to retire to your estate outside the city, an expansive and many-shadowed vineyard known to the locals of Undercliff as hallowed ground that best be avoided. Those other horses cut yours a wide berth, intimidated by the dank copper stench wafting off of it. You lay a hand on your mount, Chernobog, assuring him that he will have his chance to feed. He has seen you through a hundred conquests in three times that many years, and you would assure that sort of loyalty is rewarded. The sky is nearly pitch black by the time you pass the last of the immigrating crowd, and you think back to the hordes of conquered villages you and your clan once herded as though they were cattle, which, to a vampire like yourself, is not far from the truth. Twilight falls on Equinox Gardens. The vineyard where you, Brayden, produce what you believe to be the finest wine and water deep. Better than the swill they pedal at Snow Beetle Farms and better than the bilge water that comes off the ships in the dock ward. You don't spend much time here at the vineyard because the grapes turn sour when you do. And on the rare nights when you are here, you seem to find yourself watching the road. When you were young, uh, man, how old are you again?
1: As old as
2: the hills.
0: When you were young as the knolls, people <laughs> went miles to avoid you. And, uh, and now people barely know your name at all. The servants have retired for the evening, and aside from a night watchman you have patrolling the grounds, you have a night outside the city, all to yourself. What do you do?
2: Uh, well, I think Brayden's probably going to walk up and down the streets until he finds a damsel in distress, and make sure that he (laughs) (laughs) super murders her, (laughs) and consumes (laughs) her life essence.
0: Okay, alright, so, well, you're outside, I think your vineyard is outside the city, so you might just be walking up and down the road. She might be Uh, a country
2: lass. (laughs) 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 Oh no, your wagon has broken down. Here, hop upon my totally normal horse, Chernobog. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So yeah, you walk walk up and down the roads for a while, and then, uh, can you make a uh, perception check for me? Certainly. It's going to be all perception checks for this uh, prologue, everybody. Seventeen. Well, with a seventeen, you smell blood in the air.
2: I must find the source of that blood. That's like what I'm doing right now. It sounds like a fun thing to do.
0: You follow the road down. Stumbling in the middle of the road, you see an orc who is wearing a straw hat and overalls and is covered in hoof prints. Uh, he has blood streaming down his face and uh and appears to have had a uh a chip taken out of his ear very recently. You take it that he might have been on the road as Chernobog ran by
2: My good man, my good man, please, please let me let me buoy you up with my strong barbarian uh-huh. shoulder. uh uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> Oh. You seem quite disoriented, oh, my mister. friend. Let me take you back to my vineyard, where I will wine you and dine you. Oh, miss, mister? Let me have you over for dinner. Is that... Your clothes are so nice. I don't... I don't know that I can accept... Oh boy, I'm real dizzy. Yeah, let's, You can get me in somewhere? <laughs> yes, come with me. I am not too far down the road. My manservant there will tend to you.
0: <laughs> okay, so you take him back to the vineyard. Are you doing uh where do you where do you take him in the vineyard exactly? Into my house. What room in your house? Are you like sitting him down in the kitchen or
2: oh, uh we're in the foyer, the sitting room, if you will, and mm. my manservant Gravensby will arrive <laughs> and tend to this man's wounds while I talk to him about how his night has been, what would he like for dinner? You know, sort of get to know him, play the game a little bit. You know, reel him in real slow. <laughs> sure, this is sure, this yeah. is fun for Brayden. <laughs> this is what Brayden likes to do. Uh,
0: hello, uh, is there is here? Please have a seat in the foyer. Uh, thanks, uh, Mister. He takes the he takes a glass of wine from Brayden's and He says, "Uh, my name's." Tronsky
3: and it's an orc. It's an orc name, you understand. And we have to come up with them real fast when they're born. It's part of our rituals. And
2: One more time, it's Trolinski.
3: Yeah, it's, it's Tronsky You write the L on under the N, and that thats my orcish name.
2: What the, a lovely um,
3: name! Uh, that's good. It's my mother's, technically. I'm not. It's not usually a man's name, but it's tw- it's it's a thousand fifteen or whatever. So anyway, uh, I'm in. I'm in. T- I was just coming into town from uh for the sea Main's Fair. I'm out near. I'm out near the, the Snow Beetles where I live, and uh, I'm out here for the snowmaid Fair with my with my brother.
2: Your brother, I I... you say? say. He's someone who would miss you if you never turned up again.
3: I mean, I think, I think so, but I'm too busy missing him. I got hit by that horse, and when I woke up, I didn't see him anywhere. Vum. Really? Uh, just, uh, I don't know, we just were trying to find a tree to sleep under. Couldn't find a inn that'd take a couple scrappers like us, but... You know, we're from the we're from the countryside. We just want to see the ships. Have you ever seen a ship
4: before? Oh
2: yes, many in my time. They are quite beautiful, going over the horizon. Oh man, you got a funny voice, Mister. Where are you from? I am from Fantasy Transylvania. Sorry, uh, it sounds real good, I, the, coming off the lips.
3: I am, I'm, I'm glad
2: I'm, I decided to name it that. <laughs>
3: I, don't know, I think my ear's full of blood. I don't know that I got that end down that first word, but Vania sounds cool for sure. Oh yes, there. okay,
2: yeah, all right, Vania. I am from the town of, I am from the country of Vania. Perhaps you have heard of it. It is a wretched place. I am glad to be rid of. You don't have a bandage in here, do you? Yes, please. Uh, snap, snap. Gravensby, Gravensby, where are the bandages? I tell you once, I tell you a million times. First, tend to the wounded guy, then make him dinner. We will be making you dinner. <laughs> My good friend, Tron- Trons- <laughs> Tronsky.
3: Tronsky.
2: <laughs> Tronsky, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's it, for sure. Tronsky, yeah, uh, all right. <laughs>
0: So uh uh Gravensby comes in with uh with the bandages. And uh and soon and soon you, you two are are sitting at the dinner table. Uh what is what is uh, what is Gravensby serving?
2: Uh he's serving pork <laughs> Uh, here you go. Here, pork uh, liver, Orc liver. <laughs> finely sliced, with uh, an aromatic cheese you can't quite place, and greens, mustard greens.
0: <laughs> the vineyard is closed, but you were lucky. We had some things left over in the ice box. Here you go, and he lays out this impressive spread that you had in the ice box.
2: I apologize, Tronsky. I, I will have Gravens be severely punished for feeding you from the icebox.
0: <laughs> Tronsky, Tronsky looks amazed, like he's never seen this much food ever in his life. Ever, ever, ever. He said, it- Gosh, mister,
3: I don't really
2: know how I
3: can repay you for your kindness to me on this country road
2: today. Oh, don't worry, Tronsky. You will be repaying me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can. I can. Uh... Your, I'm, a, I'm a Let me I'm say, bard, let me you say your your presence here will be plenty of payment.
3: Oh, good. Well, hey, I'm a...
0: I'm a lover... This is good. And Tronsky passes out at your dinner table.
2: Excellent job with the sedative tra- speed. I, uh... I was joking. I was joking about punishing you. You know that. You know that, Gravensby. We are are tight. We are tight. We are good. Of course,
0: of course, sire. Lucky for me, I have the strongest poison available in your kitchen. Tryptophan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Gravensby, you always crack me up.
0: (laughs) And you laugh and laugh, and the camera pans out, because you have a... Big day ahead of you tomorrow. The full moon illuminates the dock ward, but just barely. Most of the street lamps have had their glass broken and their oil stolen, and the guild of chandlers and lamplighters have only made half-hearted attempts to repair them. Wandering this particular district after dark is officially discouraged by the city watch, and as the tenements, warehouses, and chandleries that make up the Dock Ward don't typically keep signs up, those found wandering are an easy mark for pickpockets. But if you ask a local, the Dock Ward doesn't deserve its violent reputation. This is the home to the skilled, the hardworking, and as many discovered over this past summer, the city's most accomplished drinkers. But outside of your meetings with a handful of local businesses and a vodka-filled night with a future business partner, you, Blitz, have had little time to enjoy this new city. Your vessel, Crown of Midas, suffered damage in the perilous journey from Calimport, which was wrought with arcane storms and snap decision-making, including some decisions you've come to regret. You stare out at the dock ward from your quarters on the Crown of Midas, and on lonely nights like this one, you wonder if you're ready to live up to the name, Avia Avianosets. Can you describe the Crown of Midas? Uh, the Crown of Midas
5: is Blitz's uh, ship, and it is uh, a little bit nicer than you'd expect for your average shipping vessel. Um, it's gilded, there's lots of gold accents, uh, but it is currently uh, broken right now. It, it needs some repairs from the long travel that uh, she went on to get to Waterdeep. So it still looks very impressive, but uh,
0: uh, a skilled sailor would, would see the, the issues going on. Suddenly you hear a commotion upstairs, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem urgent. And you hear footsteps from above you. Bogazzo avianosets climbs backwards down the steep and narrow staircase that winds into your room, his scale scraping the wall in a well-worn pattern.
2: I swear, big sister, the
0: next hand I see reading on duty is spending a month in the bilge, a whole troop of children climbing the shrouds and that leaf liquor living stone, big tape and a new Volo. I want to read it too, you know, but that's what galley duty is for. Are you keeping them in line? I mean, I'm trying to, but, you know, the captain is so soft these days.
5: I just want them all to have fun while they were here. Though we do need to get more down to business.
0: You want people to like you, Blitz, and I do not blame you for it. But that's not what the sea is for.
5: Eh, I'm still
0: learning. Blitz, are you alright? You look, uh... Gross. Are you nervous?
5: Um, I just... I am very nervous, Postavo. I, uh, I'm nervous I'm not going to be able to secure
0: these deals. I've never seen you not get anything you ever wanted. I'm sure it will be absolutely swimming tomorrow, you know? Taverns and handshakes and familiar pressure to live up to your family name. <laughs> Are you not hype?
5: <laughs> no, I'm excited. I'm excited. I just, uh, I'm a little nervous. But you're right, I get everything I want, so why would this be any different?
0: Hmm, I do not know. Do you want to go over your plan for tomorrow? Or the people you're meeting with, what do you know about them? I know he owns a
5: vineyard, and uh, Zig talks very highly of him, so...
0: Wait, Zig and Vineyard, you're not talking about uh, Equinox Gardens, are you?
5: Yes, that's the one. Have you heard anything about it?
0: Father, <sighs> you're worrying me. Yeah, I just, I you know, I hear the owner is, um, how do I put this, a child of the night? He's a prostitute? What do, what do you mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, you'd never know, if you get into business with a guy like that, you'd never know. The bottle might say Merlot, but, you know, red is red. Like, oh, uh, you mean a vampire?
5: As a thing? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 I thought that was just in fairy tales. <laughs> no, I just I didn't know
5: that would be in water, The I don't know. You heard about this in Kalenport. That, that, I don't know. Where?
0: I know. There's so, much, there's so much crossing water to hold them back, you know, but somehow they made it here, you know. Don't see don't know that in the happened. Shining Sea. <laughs> yes, I know. Well, we're not in the Shining Sea anymore, please. There. Yeah. I just, you know, I mean, you're doing too great. You're doing, I, I trust you. You're going to do great. Just, oh you gosh, know. you keep going back and
5: forth. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> we'll see, Wait, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Just do me a favor. If you get turned into a bloodsucker by this fancy man, turn me too, okay? Well, okay, I guess the living forever wouldn't be too so bad. Yeah, we'll get the canopy for the ship, and only sail at night. And we'll take blood and booty for the glory of Avianosets. I mean,
5: that does sound very cool.
0: That <laughs> sounds very cool. Yes. All right. Good. Good. And he, hes sort of like uh, what? 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 Uh, your your blue guys are all dragonborn. The
5: same color when they're in a family. Um. So he is actually my sister's uh, husband. So he is a red dragonborn, though the rest mm-hmm. of the family is blue, though.
0: Okay. Cool. Well, let's make it. Okay. Great. So he puts he puts a big old red hand on you, and he have and you like almost kind of hug, but uh but then he steps back and salutes you, and he says, Captain, oh. go to sleep.
5: Yes, yes, First Mate. I will go to bed, rest up for big day tomorrow.
0: All right, and he and he uh he wanders out. Of, he he goes back up to the to top to above decks too, to probably yell at uh people some more. Uh, is there anything, is there anything that you want to do before you go to bed here in your cabin hmm. or on the docks? Um,
5: I think she's just going to look around her room and, uh, be happy about what she's doing and then, uh, then go off to sleep. No worries. Real excited about the next day.
0: Before you sleep, you perform a nightly ritual of your family that I am going to make up right now and I apologize. It's fine (laughs) you place a gold coin beneath your bed a gold coin beneath your pillow and a gold coin beneath your tongue in your massive draconic mouth it doesn't really register as anything larger than a nut or berry and as you drift off to sleep big plans tomorrow you suddenly feel the need to roll a perception check okay oh there's the battle roll seven (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, damn it. As you go to place the gold coin beneath your tongue, light blints off of it and reflects off of something on the ceiling. It is, in a word, hideous. It is a person, you think, but it is so encrusted with barnacles that you suspect it is nothing more than a host. It has thin and ragged limbs that have been rotted by the sea, bits of bone exposed where fish and other creatures of the deep likely stripped it off of its flesh. It has long, ragged hair woven with seaweed and beads of jagged shell, and a starfish clings to its wispy beard. Its face is hidden behind a mask of wet driftwood. With a sickening slurp, it is released from the barnacles holding it in place above your bed. And it rolls initiative. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Christ. I I was going to get this in there one way or another. (laughs) Uh-oh. Oh, Oh,
5: gosh. All All right. Well, yeah, you're going first.
0: (laughs) Well, and it wouldn't matter because it gets a surprise attack on you anyways. We don't have these in the thing, so I must use my physical book like a caveman. (laughs) So, yeah, it lands on top of you. It slashes you with a with a rusted, concreted dagger, blue, jagged rust flaking off of it, its briny body soiling your golden sheets. And as soon as it becomes unstuck from its perch, a terrible odor hits your powerful nose. Something must have enchanted it to not smell.
5: Is it, like, still on top of me, or is it on the
0: ground? It is still on top of you.
5: Okay, I'm gonna try and throw it, so I guess that's, like, an athletics check?
0: Mm Mm-hmm,
5: or a strength check, whichever you prefer. Seven. I think you have to make one for the creature.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great.
5: You did uh, it. <laughs> I, okay, so I throw it off of me, and then um, I feel like she wouldn't have like her sword on her if she's going to sleep. Maybe like her dagger, um, but I'm gonna do the breath weapon because that makes the, the most sense, I think.
0: Okay. As it as it hits the as it hits the ground, bits of shell and barnacle chunk off of it on the ground, and it stands up. I and mean, even that breath weapon.
5: Yep. Okay, so um, you have to roll a dexterity saving throw and be eight plus my constitution modifier, modifier plus proficiency, so twelve. You have to beat a twelve. Eighteen. You beat a twelve.
0: <laughs> uh, does it take any damage? You take half damage, so one d six. Two damage. So lightning courses all over the body of this of this nautical assassin, but you see it sort of brace itself against the ground of the ship. It seems to be able to resist somewhat the effects of your attack. It looks around the room for a second, as if looking for something, then focuses back on you and leaps forward with the dagger. Eleven. What's your armor class? Uh, my armor class is 14. The dagger digs into your armor and snaps off. Nice. Now it is your turn.
5: Blitz is going to be like in like kind of like a blind range at that this point so she's going to like let out like a roar and with like her hand grab the part of the dagger that was just broken off in her armor pull that out and then go to stab the
0: creature with it. Love that. Awesome. Make a uh, attack roll? 22. Oh boy. Okay great. Well it hits. And then 4 damage.
5: Also i Just letting you know her roar is, like, really loud. So if there's, like, a crew member around, they would probably be like, what the fuck is that?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you want to describe your attack against the creature to me?
5: Yeah, so she just um, looks at the dagger that was just embedded in her armor, which pisses her off, because she really likes her fancy armor. (laughs) And uh, She lets out a roar, grabs, you know, the broken-off blade, pulls it out, and then just, like, jumps forward and...
0: Plunges this thing into the neck of
5: the the creature.
0: Uh, The creature stumbles back and water starts pouring from its neck. It seems to start gasping and croaking like... Uh, Almost as if it was using that water to breathe as it spills out of its neck and stumbles towards the window. Deeper in the ship, you hear sailors rising from their beds and starting to run towards you, but they're not quite there yet. The creature raises its arm, and you see a hand crossbow encrusted into its forearm as the sides of it spring out with little shell bits flying off. And it makes a crossbow attack at you. A 12. It doesn't hit, huh?
5: doesn't hit. Uh, so... I'm going to say Blitz probably, like, dodges out of the way.
0: All right, Blitz rolls out of the way of the attack, and it is your turn.
5: So she's, like, crouched on the ground right now after mm-hmm. dodging the attack, and she's just going to, like, jump at this thing and uh, go to, like, grapple it, like, one hand on the throat, um, the other hand on the arm that has the crossbow.
0: <laughs> okay, cool. Well, the the skin of the, of the creature is wet and soft and you feel your hand digging very easily into its body as you hold it around the neck and it struggles and uh, it does not take much for the arm of the creature to snap off and onto the ground firing an extra crossbow bolt into a funny naval portrait you have hanging on the wall It, it looks at you and starts batting at you with its free hand but you can tell that it is on the edge here as it makes a basic attack against you. 17. Oof, okay, that hits. That makes yeah. sense, though, because I'm also, like, choking it. <laughs> yeah, so it, so it rakes its hand across your eye or something. And you take four. All right. Still alive. Got two HP left. All right, you're up. So
5: I want to say that that probably, like, you said it was a slash to the face? Mm-hmm. Okay, so she probably has, like, some blood streaming down her face now, and she's just... She lets out another roar. Um, her teeth are bared. She is beyond pissed off. Um, she's going to just squeeze the neck as hard as she can to try and kill it. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> that's a two. <laughs>
0: uh, so, uh, why don't you roll it with advantage because you do have it in a chokehold? That was worse. <laughs> that was worse.
5: <laughs> that was worse. This is not working. <laughs>
0: Go one and a two, folks. Oh, one boy. and a two. So it 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 struggles against your grip and pushes off of you all of the flesh of its neck staying behind in your hand as it stumbles back now with a purely skeletal neck.
5: Ew,
0: this
5: thing is creepy as hell, Donnie.
0: Yeah, it's real <laughs> gross. It looks around the room again as though searching for something and then turns its attention back to you. How far away is that crew? (laughs) Oh, actually, good point. I totally (laughs) forgot about the crew. So it stumbles back with no neck and suddenly uh, the door bursts in and you see, of all people, in his dragon turtle knit sweater, the only human on your crew, Livingstone. Oh, yay! (gasps) Hipton! By Tiamat, what is that? Livingstone sees the creature stumbling around by the window with no neck. Thinking quickly, grabs a candlestick off of your desk and chucks it straight at the drowned assassin. Oh my god, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Seven. It uh, it hits the drowned assassin and it stumbles back, water pouring from another giant wound in its body. It looks down, distracted at its water. And Janelle, it is your turn again. Um, I'm going to grab... I, I probably
5: stumbled back a little bit now that I have, like, blood pouring down my face. Um, Blitz is going to grab a dagger that's, like, on her nightstand. That's, like, an all-gold dagger that's more so for decoration than for, uh, <laughs> for fighting. And she's just going to uh, chuck it at, at the creature, um, like, right in the chest. And that's an 11 to hit.
0: Yeah, you just made it. So the, well, why don't you tell me what happens?
5: So, you know, she, she grabs this gold dagger and chucks it like uh, when people throw a dart and it just hits this thing square in the chest uh, and that's
0: four piercing damage. The creature stumbles back to the open windowsill. Well, maybe we don't want... Is the window open or not? I think the window's open from before.
5: I was trying to prevent it from running away, but my bad rules would would dictate that maybe it does. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, the the creature stumbles back over the lip of the windowsill. And as you and Livingstone rush over to see where it's gone, it hits the water and sinks. Livingstone turns to look at you, smiling wide. Having trouble sleeping, Captain? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) And she laughs a little bit, and then uh,
5: she's going to collapse because she has had two HP. (laughs) (laughs) Like
0: that adrenaline rush that was just going through her? Yeah, that's leaving. (laughs) Uh, Livingstone, Everchipper, sort of bounces on his feet for a second and says, I am going to go get Dr. Sudamak. I'll figure his voice out one day. (laughs) That's Um, good. (laughs) and, And runs downstairs to fetch Dr. Sue DeMac. There are any number of people in Waterdeep and outside of it that would send such an assassin to kill you. You are much more used to sabotage and underhanded business dealings, but it is curious that this one took on such an odious form. Somebody very different wants you dead. You sit down with a heavy thud, on a wooden chest as your bed is soiled. And though the corpse of the creature that attacked you is gone, you do still have its arm. And as Sudamak arrives to, to tend to your wounds, he wraps it in one of your golden sheets and has it brought directly to his clinic. He looks with some worry at the injury on your face, but does not say anything as he leaves. You have survived a very treacherous couple of days between setting off on your own the arcane storm and now this undead nautical assassin and for the very first time something occurs to you that never really has before maybe Blitz you are cut out for this gain water vehicle proficiency
1: Oh, that was cute <laughs> cool
0: After hours of staring at your boots, you, Misra, glance up to see the sun has finally started setting behind the massive city on the horizon. You pull the hood of your traveling cloak back for the first time all day, allowing your eyes to adjust to the familiar darkness creeping in around you. They said the surface world was bright, but every place you'd seen so far had at least offered shade. Here on the long road toward Waterdeep, called Southcliff Way, a long and lonesome road. <laughs> a long and lonesome road called Southcliff Way. There's barely been a tree to rest your eyes beneath. It is very cold outside, and you perhaps have not dressed properly for the sudden chill that is coming in off the ocean. It's a foggy night out, and some dead horse has been making even more fog all over the place. <laughs> you can see Waterdeep on the horizon, and uh, as you see a small, a small trickle of wagons coming in these uh wagons are just flying right by you and not giving you any mind until one of them does and a wagon pulls up over to the side of you and a hatch opens in the top of it and a young woman with blue skin and long ears pops out of the top of the wagon and she says
6: hello weary traveler what say you come onto this wagon before the night stallion makes it nausea you we got potions, other things.
1: I'm all set. Thank you.
6: Not really. I think I think if I let you stand here, it's basically manslaughter. Honestly, the gate is right there. I'm just trying to be kind. If you insist,
1: I'll ride on the back.
6: Well, you know, it's uh, it's, it's it, we don't have we don't have much of a back, really. If you you just come just come inside, please. Let me let me treat you. Um, she.
1: Yeah,
0: she jumps in. Yeah, whatever. The elf disappears inside the wagon and whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa,
2: a second whoa. Hmm? Like poof? Or like they just like
0: No, there's like a there's like a there's like a trap door on the top. Like she pops back down.
2: Oh okay, all yeah, right. right. She pops it's like a moonroof. I yeah. was picturing it being much more dramatic. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> <laughs> <get trapped. laughs> it's dramatic. Uh
0: yeah, she v va- she va- she disappears forever inside the wagon. <laughs> And so you climb atop the wagon and throw your legs over the lip of the hatch and there's music coming from inside and it smells like rum and it's warm and it's right there. Do you go?
1: Um can I can I look inside of it first? Or is the, is the hatch closed?
0: Make a perception check. As an 18, from from your vantage point, you see you can hear music, you can hear feet shuffling, you can hear laughter and it sounds like There are more people in there than there should be. I'm intrigued, but I'm skeptical.
1: Um is there you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump in. Let's 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 go false to the wall with this.
0: Okay. You hop down, and suddenly you're in a party. The room is larger than it should be for the small wagon you just hopped into, and around a dozen people from all corners of Faerun are uh, standing around and drinking and enjoying each other's company. There are, uh, there are two tiefling having a debate with a dwarf in the corner, and it looks like it's becoming patiently heated, and there's an elf wearing a crop tunic dancing drunkenly with a human who doesn't really look like he knows what to do. <laughs> There's uh, people playing games and laughing and some people are trying to stay invisible while they're making out.
2: Okay, just to make sure I have this right, it's a magical party bus?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes, that would,
0: that would describe it fairly well. Yes, it's a magical <laughs> party bus. <laughs> so the uh, elf, who you now see to be a drow, uh, who, who offered you the ride, wanders over to her and she says, um, Sir,
6: so, hi, what's your name? Um, Misra, You. Oh, I'm Kelsit. I'm from Boulder's Gate. I'm an artisan. Well, I'm an artisan's apprentice, but I think this whole guild thing is bullshit, and they don't get to tell me when I'm an artisan. What are you doing here in Waterdeep? Uh, I'm looking for
0: work. Oh shit! What was I thinking? And she uh she grabs a bone mug off of a table, and it's empty, but she shakes it in her hand until it's suddenly frothing over with dark beer, <laughs> and then she hands it over to you. Uh, cheers. So, what were you doing in Waterdeep?
1: Um, trying to find an employer of sorts
6: an employer be wary traveler it's not like bouldersgate or neverwinter in there it's not like anywhere except for what it's like everywhere they don't like drow there some of them you're gonna be tempted to take a job here and there but be very careful you get them because not all of these things are savory
1: she nods and just takes a big swig of the
6: drink you were out on the road there for a long time. Did it fucking suck? You look cold as hell. I get by it. A uh, little bit of weather here and there doesn't tend to bother me much anymore. All the cold never bothered you anyway. <laughs> 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 I, I get that. I get that. I'm pretty tough, too.
0: She like roll. She like uh, shoves her sleeves up a little bit. You can kind of see the corners of little tattoos that she's got up there. Try to look tough a little bit. Mm-hmm. Where are you coming from? That you're so eager to get into to deep. She 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 sort of like winks at you. Are
6: you looking to join up with anybody in particular? Like uh, somewhere that accepts people like you?
0: Perhaps.
1: What do you have to offer?
6: What do you have to offer?
1: Uh, I flash my dagger at her.
6: Oh, okay. It's, all well, right. Hey, like, okay. Not like I'm gonna fight her. Hey, no party
1: foul, party foul. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like it's in like the pocket of my pants, and so like I like I flip my thing
6: back. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, keep it in your pocket, please. Great. Okay. I know a great deal, and I'm useful. Okay. Cool. Great. Well,
0: useful is useful, isn't it? She takes out a little scrap of paper and she she writes something on it with her uh, magic finger, and uh, and she hands it to you and she says, uh, "Talk to Bonnie at the yawning portal and bring me up." Bonnie, you say? Yeah, Bonnie.
6: You'll
0: you'll you'll
6: love our human girl, big curly hair. I will. You'll get along swimmingly. I can tell you're very friendly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Kelsey. I I do appreciate your hospitality.
6: Uh yep. Uh yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Oh, sh uh, oh oh sorry. I had uh, somebody just opened a bottle over there and I need to drink all of it.
0: And <laughs> she she wanders off over to the other side of the wagon. Uh, is there anything else you want to do at this party?
1: Um no, I think she's just going to get blitzed.
6: <laughs>
1: I think she's just going to get like just shit face and be like, yeah, but uh, but like not shit face so that she doesn't understand what's going on. But to the point of like, if you want to fight, I'll start a flight.
0: like like we all do in this circumstance <laughs> where we suddenly find ourselves at a party and don't know anybody in particular. Uh, she drinks. Uh, she drinks a lot. There is a wide variety of things available and a wide variety of people. Offering it to you and all kinds of ways to drink it. You take shots and body shots, regular shots. There's a sword shot, which is like a shot ski, but on the scabbard of a sword.
1: Yeah, that's that's a favorite of Misra, the shot sword.
0: <laughs> you have uh, you have some of the local vintage, which has sort of a coppery taste to it. <laughs> um <laughs>
2: Yeah, and they got the expenses at this
0: party, huh? We know a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good it's a good party. You're at a you're at an artisan party. The uh the eventually the tieflings arguing with a dwarf get uh get tired and they decide to to settle down and rest themselves up and the dwarf passes out.
1: Is she kind of like last one standing kind of thing at this point?
0: Yeah, you're the last one standing at the party. Everyone sort of settles down into a sleeping place, and you are the only one who does not seem to have one. Um, Kelsit probably would have taken care of this had she not drunk herself to sleep like an <laughs> hour ago. But uh, as it stands, you're the only one awake in the wagon. And uh, aside from the rattle of the road and Kelsit snoring, it's quiet. What do you do?
1: I Want to see what I can, um, what I can find out about these people? So uh whether that's like investigation or like stealth like in like looting their pockets like I just want to find out more about the people in the room to get more of kind of an idea of what I'm heading into in Waterdeep
4: mm-hmm.
0: um okay then let's make a is there do you want to check out the room in general or do you want to check out anyone in particular Hmm. I kind of want to see like what the, the deals of the tieflings over in the corner okay cool so make an investigation check that's a 14 a 14. Okay, great. Well, you wander over there and you see that they are nuzzled up together, but a little more platonically than romantically, like their knees are uh, touching. They have kind of like that heart shape mm-hmm. laying down position. You see that they have their right arms tucked under their other arm and inside of their cloaks. And on the you can see the edge of a what looks to be an iron gauntlet on their hands. Uh, that is sort of like hidden by their uh, their robes.
1: Like they were drinking from that, or it's like something of value.
0: No, there, uh, it it's a, it's a gauntlet. So it would oh, be probably. Oh, a gauntlet. Okay, yes. fa- I heard a gauntlet. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were playing Edward Forty Hands. Uh, <laughs> Lord Edward Forty Hands. But,
1: um, uh, I wanted to try to take it.
0: Oh shit. Okay. Uh roll a uh sleight of hand check that's a 22.
2: oh,
0: oh boy okay give me one sec <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a real cool thing and i just want to make sure it happens right hold on
2: everybody talk amongst yourselves i think that's the first time anybody scored above a 20 in this whole game <laughs> uh, yeah.
4: <okay>. achievement unlocked <laughs> Do we get a prize? Yeah, I hope <laughs> it's, it's the gauntlet.
5: I <laughs> mean, I feel like you get
0: more than the gauntlet, right? At yeah. this
5: point, you rob the entire person of everything. Oh, that'd be amazing. <laughs>
1: That's kind of the plan.
0: So there's a uh, red tiefling and a blue tiefling. The The red one is female, and the blue one is male. Which one are you taking?
1: Oh, they both have one?
0: Yeah, they both have one.
1: I want the male one.
0: Okay, so you take the blue tiefling's um, gauntlet very carefully, because again, you're right next to the other tiefling and you sort of have to like position your foot awkwardly on the wall which is uh all the more scary with the rattling of the wagon but you manage it you fish the gauntlet in a hand up straight up and with a little bit of a shake the hand falls out and you are now in possession of this gauntlet it looks like it is um well-intentioned the design like this person was trying to to replicate a good-looking gauntlet (laughs) but it ended up coming out kind of gauche Uh, there's engravings on it that uh, don't really connect effectively, and there's a a bit of uh, brass posing as gold along the edges. It's like a
2: knockoff brand name gauntlet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: And there's some sort of symbol etched on the back of it.
2: Um,
1: Is it like in a language that I recognize? Or is it a specific language?
0: Why don't you make a history check? What's it look like? I mean, that's a word picture of the yeah,
1: picture picture. Um, oh, that's a
0: five. <laughs> okay, well, you can see that the the symbol is sort of like an arrow facing up. It's like a peak with a line sprouting from the bottom of it, but you do not know what it is, okay. really. Cool. Are you going to keep it? Um, yeah, <laughs> I do want to keep it. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, all right, well, you squirrel that gauntlet away, and... Um, is there anything else you want to do here?
1: Um. Yeah. Can I... The uh, Kelsit, is she nearby? Can I investigate her?
0: Uh, she is nearby. She sort of has a the most prominent cot. As though, not in a fancy way, but more in the I'm ready to help kind of way. Yeah. Although you can tell that she's not because she's very drunk. Yeah, I want to
1: see if there's anything I can find out about her. Uh,
0: okay. Make an investigation check. That's a 16. Uh, she's sort of uh, splayed herself out, you know, arms akimbo. Uh, there's a big anime snot bubble coming in and out of her nose. Uh, her, her robes have also fallen open or, or well, no, she's wearing like a coat. She's wearing like a cool coat and her coat has fallen open. Uh, and you can see tucked in the, beneath the belt, like not even like on the inside of her pants, not on the outside of her pants. You see the hilt of what you have seen described to you as a gun. What? <laughs> the D and D gun. Mm. There's guns in this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I want it. So.
1: <laughs> oh, God. Do I take a risk of getting thrown off this wagon?
0: No, do you want to take it? Yeah. Do you want to go get the... I mean, you, you wanna... did
5: so good last time. Yeah,
1: I'm going to... Can I kind of slide this hand again? Can I try it? You sure can. All right, let's we'll see what happens.
0: That's, that's a 12. <laughs> okay. You attempt to get this gun. Uh, it's sticking out of her waistband, but you, but there, but you can see, like... It's got that little lip on the edge mm-hmm. that's all cool and cowboy you know? And you pull it out, but as you do, the hammer of the gun catches on her belt mm-hmm. and cocks loudly. Ugh. And you see her begin to stir while the gun is still halfway in her waistband. Do you want to continue to pull it out, or do you want to abandon this quest?
1: Oh... Uh. Well, I feel like if I pull it out, she's gonna die. It's cocked. Um, well, what would I roll to continue? Would would that just continue off the twelve, or would I roll something else?
0: Um, I th- I think for this, I would just like you to make another side of hand check. You
1: know, yeah. I'll, yeah. I'm gonna try it. If she dies, then
0: I'm lawful evil. She dies.
2: <laughs>
1: That's a twenty-one.
2: Yeah, there it is. You, oh, you,
0: you, 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 quickly, you quickly take the, the gun, uh, from, from outside of her waistband.
1: Can I, like, sneakily replace the gauntlet, like, so that she knows that, that something's still there?
0: I would love it if you did that. Okay,
1: I would like to do that.
0: <laughs> okay, so you, <laughs> t- what's, the, what's
1: this look like? She, like, quickly pulls the gun out, but puts her hand kind of, like, in her pants to hold the place. And then just like Mm -hmm. sneakily, because I assume she just put the gauntlet on, like, what's this piece of crap? And then, Mm -hmm. so she puts the hand that's wearing the gauntlet in the pants. And then she just slides her hand out, but leaves the gauntlet in her pants.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So this
1: Uh,
2: uh, thing is going to wake up.
1: No, this is the drought. (laughs)
2: Uh, This is Kelset. With no gun and this other dude's gauntlet down her
1: pants. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm starting shit. I'm ready.
0: Uh lucky for you it seems like it must have been a pretty wild party that <laughs> happened last night and you 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 managed to quickly pull this gun out the gun is beautiful it is a sort of purple metal with with a silver design along the sides that that it looks almost like not not like a bat motif like a like a bat wing but more of like a like a cave aesthetic to it okay like, like this gun came out from somewhere deep. You can't tell if it's loaded or not because you've never seen a gun. <laughs> but it is heavy and it's yours.
2: Damn, all I got was a dude to eat. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, just, yeah. You just ended a life. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I want to stash that on my person. And then I think Misra is going to try to find a way to kind of hide in the shadows so that she still gets to where she wants to go but like, like mm-hmm. at the crack of dawn before anyone wakes up and they're close enough to water deep she can hop ship
0: do you have any abilities that might allow you to do that i know that oh
1: let's take a look i know
0: a lot of you have that kind of stuff
1: um, yeah i've got superior dark vision which is great i also uh, have trance which means i don't have to sleep which is nice
0: oh that is nice damn very helpful <laughs> yeah i only i
1: only have to sleep 4 hours if and it's not you're like a semi conscious state mhm which is pretty nice pretty decent stealth score too, right? Yeah, my I like I have a pretty good stealth score and Okay.
0: So then what where do you wanna where do you wanna hide right now? The room has uh about a dozen sleeping people in it. The hatch that leads back out into onto the road. You could see there's a bit of a a line that would be easy to climb up there. And uh there are barrels and crates and moving supplies. You could tell people are coming to the city for a while there.
1: I think I want to be as close to the hatch as possible, so that when I have to bail, I can. So probably like like up top, like towards the top of the wagon.
0: You want to hang out on top of the wagon? Yeah, I think so. Okay, great. Uh, you well, you know what? <laughs> uh, make make one last stealth check for me. You got it. Eighteen. Nice. You do it. Very great. You're super well. Uh, <laughs> you uh, you slip out top of the wagon and. Uh, and stretch out under the stars over all these people you've just robbed. Um, so good, which is pretty cool. Um, and you can see that did
2: you framed one of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you sure did. In the light of the full moon, you can see the city approaching on the horizon. Armored guards in green and gold tabards inspect wagons as they near the gates and figures you assume to be magists wearing similarly styled purple robes scan crates and persons with wands and open palms. You'll have to slip off by then, distance yourself from the people you've robbed and enter the city legitimately. For a moment, you wonder what they'll say about you. It isn't your job to make friends, especially when you don't know who the visions will tell you to target. But when a frigid wind rolls in from the Sea of Swords... You think a little warmth and hospitality might not be so bad after all. But no, the surface will not make you soft. You came here to work, and bounty hunting is a cold business. For the following season, you will be the knife in the pocket of Braden Stabiner. After that? Well, you've got all of Autumn to figure that out. Nothing will turn you back to Menzo Barron's On. From now on... Your only home is Waterdeep. It's midnight in the Crown Ward. Business is always slow in the summer months, as Waterdavians take advantage of the coast, spending their time at dockside bars drinking rum in the breeze, or hiking Mount Waterdeep to take in the stellar views of the City of Splendor. But as the autumn winds drive people indoors, even the most rigid paladin starts to get a little stir-crazy. They want to recapture the excitement of those busy summer days. And for some, your average pub just doesn't cut it anymore. That's where you come in. The alibi is unassuming at first. A tall erection of black and red wood in stark contrast from the polished stone of the buildings around it. Despite its height and elegant signage, it reminds passerbys of where they hailed from before moving to the big city. Life in the city is hard and painful and occasionally cruel. But when someone steps through the doors of the alibi and someone takes them by the hand and pulls them through the heavy curtains that mute the overwhelming city outside, when they taste a drink they've never tasted and hear music that they'll hum for weeks, they belong to you already. You sit in your office, decorated sparsely and tastefully with furniture in shades of black, a statue of a bound figure on a pedestal behind you. On your desk is a bottle of dark red vintage, sent to you by a vampire who lives outside the city gates that wishes to do business with you, and you plan to meet tomorrow afternoon at a competing tavern in the castle ward. Though, a half-elf woman with... What's
4: those hair look like again? Uh, basically a mix between, um, Hermione and Pearl from steven universe but like very gothy because <laughs> okay. she must fit the decor <laughs> okay well then i'll
0: say though a half elf woman with severe pink bangs who serves as the yes. right hand of your business un- accurate un- uncorks the bottle <laughs> in a pointy nose <laughs> <laughs> uncorks the bottle and pours you a glass which is then taken by lazarus a deep red tiefling and your head of security He takes the first sip himself to assure it isn't poison, then politely wipes the rim of the glass with a black kerchief and places it on the desk before you. What do you do?
4: I, uh, take the take the glass, swish it around a bit, and take a sip.
0: Very fancy. Mm
4: -hmm. Uh, you take a sip. Make a
0: constitution saving roll.
4: Lazarus! What is this? Am I just getting drunk? Hold on. I rolled where is the chat? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I rolled it too. <laughs>
0: oh boy. You um Good. This is gonna be good. Uh, you take a you take a sip of the you take a sip of the wine and it's it's good. It's really good. It's throaty, if that's a word people use to describe <laughs> wine, and uh, and uh, and you, and you get fascinated by its blood red color, and you and you manage to down the whole glass very quickly, uh, which is which is not like you normally, uh, and you have them pour you another glass and another. And it's on your it's on your third glass that though steps forward and informs you that you might have a problem, not with drinking. (laughs) But um, (laughs) but, uh, she says, um, uh, Zig, um, so we might have an issue with our monthly inspection. You know how normally we just have to deal with the Fellowship of Innkeepers? And Moriana is waiting for you downstairs, but someone might have caught wind of our partnership with Equinox Gardens because a representative from the Vintners, Distillers, and Brewers Guild is here as well, and he looks... uh, holy?
4: I so loathe surprises. Um... Zig is going to get up, then sit back down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> Say a little <laughs>
4: prayer to Leviathan that they have reliable staff and try again.
0: <laughs> Lazarus, Lazarus, sort of hovers his hands a little bit just to steady you, just in case, and um, says, um, uh, "Enjoy the wine, Zig."
4: Yes, it's very good. Maybe the best. I've ever had. We need to do business with Equinox, Mm. which means we need to deal with what's at the door. Lazarus, put this somewhere it won't be found. Excellent. He takes the bottle. Is that um, all the Equinox Garden wine that was sent over? We do have a case
0: downstairs um, behind the bar. Uh, Are you requesting it? You do have a meeting coming up. No, no. I'm just checking for later. Of course. And so, <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, so, sort of, sort of assumes her formal posture and leads you out the door. And uh, as, as you're walking through the hallway, she she, she pulls out a clipboard and sort of lists points to doors as you walk by. And she says, um, the Grout Hollow clan is in 31. Mountain Lord Urgle is in 6A. And there's 22 minutes left in the Balehood Brotherhood's, Brothering ritual. So, see what you could do to keep things on the down low. I'm sure you'll handle it fine. But um, uh, she and she sort of like looks looks over her shoulder at you as you miss a step, and she says, "I'm sure you'll handle it fine."
4: Yes, I'll <laughs> be uh, okay ha- fine.
0: No oh boy, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you head downstairs and uh the lounge is packed with more people here than you've seen in months a green-skinned tiefling with red horns sings on the stage to an adoring audience the sea maiden's fair always brings in a crowd And as you approach the bar, you see an older, voluptuous elf with a very slight shine to their olive skin. Her white-gray hair is done up with silver roses, and her long neck is completely wrapped in fine white pearls. She's wearing a shrug of golden fur and an emerald dress with a plunging neckline. She's leaning severely over the bar as a blushing bartender pours her a glass of dark red wine. You recognize her as Moriana, a fellow Aladrin elf and a guild representative for the Fellowship of Innkeepers, who has been brushing your crimes under the rug for some time. It's a business relationship, and you do bribe her, but you two are quite close, so the bribes are mostly favors instead of coin. And she looks over at you and she says, um... Zig, you vision. It has been too long. Come here and hug your auntie Moriana.
4: (laughs) Moriana! Yes, it has been too long. We must stop meeting only under professional circumstances. Uh, Zig approaches and hugs her uh, a lot more warmly than they usually would. Oh, I agree!
0: Uh, woof. Especially judging by your smell, I did not realize you were such a party (laughs) animal.
4: Well, I just came uh, into possession of some wine that you must try. But, (gasps) maybe later.
0: Tell me, is this the wine I've heard so much of? Equinox Gardens, huh? Have you Mm -hmm. partnered with that strapping
4: nightmare? Mm -hmm. Maybe. I'll never tell. You'll just have to come by later as my friend and honored guest to find out. I certainly
0: will. Uh, Now, And she sort of looks nervously over her shoulder and leans in conspiratorially, and she says, um, we have heard some concerning reports that, uh, something untoward might be going on here at the Alibi, and of course I trust you, you know I trust you, Zig. but this business with the Zhentarim and the Xanathar and Breg and the Earth, the guilds, not me, the guilds just want to make sure that you aren't hiding anything politically disadvantageous. They have grown paranoid.
4: As politicians tend to do every few years, of course there is nothing untoward here. I welcome you to come in, look around, to your satisfaction. Oh, Zig,
0: you know the alibi always leaves me satisfied, but it is not me we must concern ourselves with. And she frowns over at an armored human standing by the door and speaking to Lazarus. Ugh,
4: a human. (laughs) That was Sarah,
0: not Zig. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to write humans in because they're so boring, but I think you're supposed to. You know what I mean? And they live for so little time. Uh, I know. Ants beneath our heels. Uh Uh, Roman, to me. The man jumps at the sound of his own name and then sort of looks around the room and sees you two by the bar. Uh, He says something to Lazarus, who smiles and rolls his eyes as Roman leaves to approach you two. Uh, He's young. He looks maybe a little younger than he would like to appear, uh, and he has a, a beginnings of a beard gracing his cheeks, and his uh, shining silver armor clanks very loudly as he walks. Um, and, and it's also strange because nobody really wears armor in Waterdeep, especially in a nightclub. Uh, and he approaches Moriana, and he says, Master Moriana? And he turns to you uh, with a hand on the sword that's hanging from his belt that Lazarus is staring at. And he says, Great. Is this your establishment? Wait, I just did Moriana again. Is this your (laughs) establishment?
4: Yes. Yes, it is. Welcome to the alibi. Hmm. How can I help you?
0: I'm Officer Roman with the the VDB. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. And he holds out his big armored hand
4: uh zig uh takes um, takes a second not so much in hesitation but in like okay, I guess, I guess I'm going to do this. (laughs) And, uh, shakes. (laughs) It makes, it's
0: really loud, his hand, and it kind of pinches your hand a little bit. Um, and you can they
4: can't wait to get his, their, their hand back. (laughs) And
0: as, as he's shaking your hand, he also sort of takes note of your lean and takes a, a hard smell. Um, and he says, um, yes, I have heard grave rumors about this, Place, And I am here to root out the darkness before we are all swallowed by Avernus. Waterdeep is a city of laws, and I do not care who you are or who you know, you are not above the code legal. I'll need to inspect your lodging, your cellar, and your employee hygiene.
4: Well, sir, I, of course, would never run an establishment that wouldn't fit those criteria. But before we get on with the inspection, I think it's only right that you tell me exactly what you have heard that brought you here. Because if people are saying these things, then I might have a bigger problem than just a few dissatisfied customers. So if you don't mind, talk to me.
0: The details of my inquisition are, of course, classified with the VDB, but I can tell you that there have been rumors that you endorse any, any number of things from ex- uh, imported exotic cuisine to uh, figures of the night to uh, the cover-up and endorsement and dissection of murder and murder victims.
4: Okay, well... Wow, I am... <laughs> Zig looks over at Moriana. I am offended that people are saying these things about me. This is
0: outrageous. I am offended on your behalf, from, and how
4: rude can you possibly
0: be? You come into their house, and you think you can just level these accusations at you. Zig, you will have to cooperate, however, because this is guild law, unfortunately. <laughs>
4: Of course I am going to cooperate. I just have uh, one more question. What does the guild have uh, against exotic cuisine? Do we not like good things anymore?
0: No, we love good things, but uh, the consumption of, shall we say, defeated parties is not something that we can allow to happen here in Waterdeep.
4: Ah, Of course. Now I see where you're coming from. Well, I assure you, nothing of the sort is happening here. Uh, Let's begin with a tour of the main floor. Would that be acceptable?
0: Yes, I'd like to uh, make my rounds of the place, certainly. And and, uh, he sort of takes off ahead of you without sort of waiting for your hand waving and begins to inspect around the room. Uh, well, he just rolled a 9 investigation and Great. so and Lovely. so he, he's taking <laughs> I <love> it, it. <laughs> he's taking in the scenery and he's sort of getting clues that maybe people are like too drunk here, but he ha- but he's not seeing anything that maybe you don't uh, want him to see mm-hmm. as one of your men of the evening uh, quickly closes a curtain without his noticing. okay.
4: Well, I can see that you're doing well for yourself here. We try to accommodate our clients and make them comfortable. it's It's what we do. We're here to serve. Ah, yes, quite. Um now if you could show me to your
0: uh, as to your lodgings. This is registered under the innkeepers guild, after all.
4: Of course. Um okay. Hold on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to think. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In in order to get to um Are you trying to remember the layout of the alibi? Yeah. Well, what I'm trying to gauge, and what I'm trying to decide, if if I can just take him to a couple empty rooms and be like, yes, here it is, but there, you know, what if there's weird noises coming from another room and he gets curious? Can I just be like, man, privacy? Well, that
0: might just be that might just be you have something to deal with as the two of you make your way up the rounded staircase to a uh,
4: slowly. I, I, I. By this point, I have signaled, um, signaled. You've signaled. <laughs> um, so that's exclusively how Zig will use message and sending from now on. Great. <laughs> um. To um, Lazarus to keep up with the Paladin with Roman, mm-hmm. um, and you know, so we, you know, keep an eye on him and keep him out of too much trouble. Um, okay, yeah, so we're going up the the staircase, um, and yeah, and uh, and though is though,
0: so Lazarus is falling behind. Sort of like trying to make masculine small talk with Roman. Uh who's uh-huh. sort of, who's might be a little bit back to Lazarus. And Vo is sort of rushing ahead hurriedly, sort of like looking left and right at every door that you have. Um mm-hmm. and uh, and now he's going to make another investigation check. Please fail. Hey, I hope he fails, huh? Yeah. A six. Thank you Leviattar
4: <laughs> thank you so much I love you so much so, uh,
0: <laughs> so as Roman as Roman reaches the the uh, the doors to your lodging floor a door flies open and a woman steps out and bumps right into him she is not nude it doesn't she does not exude that anything might be coming from the room that she had just left but uh, Roman, Uh, uh, immediately upon making contact with her and at sort of regaining his senses, uh, blushes deeply at the, at the, at the (laughs) the elven woman standing before him. Uh, and she says, um, well, aren't you a tall glass of blonde? Everything all right
4: here, Zig? I think so, but I don't know. Maybe he would like to get to know you. You are a regular here, right? Wink, wink. Oh yes, of course. I've I've just
0: never seen a man in such shining armor walking through this estate. Uh, excuse, 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 excuse me. And he, I'm on, on official VDB uh, <laughs> business. Zig, zig. Uh, okay. And he sort of rushes through the whole room. and doesn't go through any of the doors.
4: <laughs> uh, yes. Perfect. So next the two the the two the I guess the I I would like sorry. Sorry. I would Mm -hmm. like to roll an insight check to see I mean, I know this is a super super long shot, but I wanna see if there is anything about this kid that I can corrupt. Oh like if I can put something tempting, like if I can not insight as in whether he would be susceptible to such a tactic, and if I roll really high, maybe like although his reaction to the girl gave me an idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm I'm into that. I got rolled a nine, so nothing happens. (laughs) Roll roll with advantage. Oh, okay. Because he is currently disabled. 11, so nothing happens. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you basically
0: basically know what you already know, that he seems very shy around the opposite sex um, and seemed Mm -hmm. uh, particularly shy around this elven woman Um, perhaps as a, uh, sort of conservative-seeming guy in Waterdeep, maybe he hasn't had Mm -hmm. a lot of experience with, uh, interacting with, uh, the more elegant races. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll take it. Um, so the, uh, the bunch of you come across your office. Which is marked by, I've just decided, a big gaudy Z that is on the front of your door. You can take that down later. Yes. Maybe, it, maybe it was a, a gift from Vo that you haven't had the heart to remove, but... Um,
4: no, I, I love it. I love it. Um,
0: and, and he uh, sort of like stares at the door for a little too long, seeming to regain his composure and turns back, his face still a little red. And he says, um, is this your office? What gave it away? Quite. (laughs) And Moriana says, (laughs) And then sort of gives you a look, (laughs) like, hey, play this good. (laughs) Um, And um, and, and, uh, Tho uh, rushes ahead and says, let me just get that door for you. And she opens it and immediately slams it inside. And uh, I'm going to need you to make a... Uh, I guess a deception check for though.
4: Okay. Uh, I'm just going to use my own stats. Is that okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My dudes. Definitely. Ah, I love though so much. That's a 20. Not a nat 20, but I'll take it. (laughs) So he,
0: so Roman comes up to the door and he tries to turn the handle, but it seems to be like jammed a little bit. Um, and he turns it again and again, uh, unaware of the special turning procedure you definitely have to open your own office door. Um, <laughs> and there's some amount of amount of clattering coming from inside. Um, and he says, excuse me, I, excuse me. And from inside, you hear those saying, oh, I'm so, that door is so tricky. And Lazarus steps forward and says, allow me and opens the door with the special turn. Uh, and as the door opens, your room, your office is boring. There is a shaggy rug on the ground with, uh, several, um several sort of standard issue looking tables scattered around the room, not arranged particularly well. Um, there's a, uh, there's like a cork board. What would a cork board, I guess they have cork. (laughs) There's a cork board on your wall that has, uh, sort of papers that are just advertising like, um, alibi bake-off and, um, and employee of the month, Mellifor and things like that; it's very mundane-looking <laughs> things. Um, there is a uh, there is a statue of um, uh, Lariel Silverhand, the Open Lord of Waterdeep, that is uh, patriotically placed behind your desk. And there is a big, like, glass carafe on your desk that, uh, as he inspects it, is full of water. And he turns to you and he says, um, "Is there a, uh, this this?" This is your office?
4: Yes, well, I don't know what you were expecting, and while I do like to portray that everything here is glamorous and luxurious, there is a very mundane and boring part to running any establishment. And I guess this is just where the magic happens. I hope it's not too disappointing. As you
0: as you say, at where the magic happens, uh, though, winks at you from behind Roman, knowingly. <laughs> and Moriana says, this is a business, Roman. How many times do I have to tell you? The glamour, the theatrics, they end at the door. And he and he um, sort of like, looks a little disappointed. And Ed nods and says, of, of course, of course, um, Perhaps we've been too judgmental <laughs> about some of these rumors, but certainly I will need to see your cellar if you plan to install shall uh, an extensive amount of wine here. I must see how you store your alcohol. Of course. Gladly.
4: <laughs> I'm going to take him the long way around <laughs> to give, though, <laughs> some time.
0: <laughs> okay, definitely. Uh, yeah. And Lazarus sort of like bows and slips out of one of the curtains uh mm-hmm. at the at the edge of the illusion that um Tho has concocted uh as you take him back out the door and uh what what do we see on the way down to the basement here what what sort of mundane things are you pointing out
4: uh, the wallpaper <laughs> character voice man <laughs> you're <on>. drunk <laughs> this is what the people want. <laughs> Um, yes. So, this is actually the original wallpaper from when I originally purchased the establishment. Yes. I know it's not very mm-hmm. pretty. I see. Or provides any particular ambience, but I just... Yes. I can't seem to bring myself to take it down. What would you do, Officer Roman? Would you recommend I finally replace it? I'm just so torn. Uh, the,
0: the, um... He catches sight of the elven woman again as you guys pass by. Oh, and I was going to go nervous. knock on her door. <laughs> uh, and and you guys are approaching her slowly, and he says, uh, "I think uh, the damask, the damask pattern in here is nice. Of course, you might you might try a um, more geometric, rigid pattern." Uh, hello, ma'am, and she uh, sort of waves at him as he passes by again. Uh, is there something you wanted um, to do with as her we're,
4: as we're passing her? No. Yeah, as we're passing her, I'm going to uh, sort of loop my arm around her. She's dressed, right? Yeah, she's super dressed.
0: Super dressed. Okay. She's wearing. Yeah, she's she's wearing like um, let's say she's wearing like a uh, like a tunic of uh, embroidered uh, blue fabric. Oh, that has like a high collar on it, right up to her neck, and she's got
4: um, kind of like a green hair that shimmers as she walks. Beautiful. Do we have a name for her? Gonna just make something up? Yeah. I'm feeling like Hilda or something like that. Oh, I like Hilda. Okay. So, um, yeah, Zig is gonna uh, as as they're walking by, like not gonna make a big deal out of it, just gonna loop his arm around her arm and sort of like bring her with the group. Oh, uh, you're uh, yeah. Uh, you're looping uh-huh. her. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh, make a slide of hand check
0: for me. <laughs> Fourteen. Okay. Yeah, you definitely do that.
4: Um, yeah, I want to add her to the party.
0: He, yeah, he might, he, he, as, as you do that, he doesn't even notice at first because of the thick armor he's wearing. Um, and only until he notices that, uh, that there is a very warm presence next to him does he turn and say, oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh my, um, hello, miss, um,
4: Oh, if it ain't my paladin! How are you doing tonight? You uh, you giving him the tour, Zig? I am, and you know he was just telling me that he really thinks the patterns on this wallpaper merit keeping it, and I just thought this seems like a guy who really knows his stuff. He just, I just, I have to get you to acquainted, Hilda. You're, I always see you around here. You always seem to be. In search of someone special, and I know that it's unorthodox, but please just let me introduce you.
0: Moriana is big smiles at this, by the way, um, uh, and she says, "Well, the hail and well met. My name is Hilda. I'm from outside of town at the Underhill. Uh, work on the Magic Farms, uh, <laughs> and uh, and I tell you, I just love a man in." giant uniform uh, y- yes of course um, my name is Roman Derrimant I'm with the um, the Vintners the Distillers and Brewers Guild and I've uh, uh, come to root root out the evil of wa- water wa- co- bro- root out the evil of wa- water deep um, uh, and uh, I think for this Roman has a disadvantage on uh, his investigation checks well wow. Um, while Hilda's around. And so um, the bunch of you do make your way uh, back down the stairs and towards the cellars where um, there are, and this is not, what you see I'm just reminding the I'm just informing the audience that you you do um <laughs> you do have uh, uh casks and uh, alcohol storage down there you also have a lar- rather large uh laboratory that specializes in the dissection of corpses um mm-hmm. which would not be great it's, for him to see
4: um it's it's a perfectly reasonable hobby I am a cleric aka a doctor audience just you know, keep that in mind before you judge me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, um, and uh, and so th- so the, you guys begin to make your way. You open you open the door to the basement stairs, and immediately it becomes uh, a little more dungeon esque. The stairs are stone and dark, and are lit with uh, continual flame spells um, as you descend down into the uh, basement where you know Mellifor is typically hard at work Mm -hmm. is there anything you want to do here send a message or make a distraction
4: or rush ahead or um I'm going to uh attempt a distraction by uh bumping Hilda into him and just at this point it's partly for amusement and partly for
0: <laughs>
4: uh
0: great i love it okay so let's make a uh, gosh let's okay uh for the sake of whatever let's call it a uh persuasion check okay nine not not great not yeah uh, so hilda hilda brushes you bump hit you bump bump him or her
4: I bump her to try and get her to bump into him. Okay, you bump her, and it
0: and she does bump into him, but it sort of causes him to uh, to lose a step on the stairs. Uh, it seems a, a little mad, and it uh, and says, uh, <clears throat> "Excuse me. Um, it's it's been uh, lovely meeting you, Hilda, but I'm on official business, um, and uh, I uh, excuse me." And he sort of rushes ahead a little bit towards the uh okay. towards the lab here.
4: Um all right, I'm going to uh, signal uh mm-hmm. Melifor and warn her that he's coming.
0: Uh and I had originally made Melafor Southern, but I just used that up on Hilda. <laughs> so uh Oh. Uh, <laughs> mm. Okay, I got it. Okay. Um what are you going to say to Melifor? Oh, she says, uh, "Yes?" Is there something I can do for you, Zeke? I'm hard at work on the corpses down here. You've got some real fresh orc. (laughs) Um,
4: I'm going to say, uh, you have a paladin virgin heading your way doing (laughs) inspections.
0: (laughs) Oh, uh, oh, oh, well, damn. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, you guys reach the door and I would like you to make a deception check. All
4: I love I love my entire staff. They're the best. (laughs) (laughs) Nineteen. Ugh.
0: Okay, Uh, you guys, you you open. Don't be so disappointed,
4: DM. (laughs) No, no, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad.
0: You know I don't like conflict. (laughs) Uh, So um, so you open the big heavy door, which opens with like a creak. (laughs) kind of noise that I'm definitely not going to edit in later anyways. Uh, And Mm -hmm. and the room is uh, dark and dank with low ceilings and like it's lit by um, hanging candles that sort of swing even though there's no wind anywhere. And um, there are about a dozen uh, stone slabs in here Um, and each one of them has a Sleeping child on it. Um and like an actual
4: uh, sleeping child or like a sculpted sleeping child?
0: Uh as 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 far as you can tell, it's an actual child. Um and um <laughs>
4: my, inside my
0: <laughs> you see a pale a pale fur bulge uh, with sort of uh, a severe and electrically colored haircut, as is the custom inside the alibi. Uh, and they're wearing um, sort of like a dirty leather smock and big gloves and uh, tiny little glasses. Um, and they turn to look at you all and they hold up a finger and they say, shh, the orphans are sleeping. Oh my God, this is so
4: amazing. And
0: and Roman turns to you with a cocked eye and he says orphans
4: yes I I know officer Roman I have not applied for a permit for minors but they came to us yesterday scared and I simply could not turn them away I'm just waiting for them to recover their strength before I bring them to the authorities and the actual orphanages in the city. I just thought, having the means and in the state that we found them, I just wanted to give them a day or so to collect their strength and, you know, get their bearings before passing them on to a, honestly somewhat barbaric system that we have going on when it comes to abandoned children I uh I'm just trying to help them
0: ah yes and then Mellifor shushes <laughs> Moriana and she continues ah yes you're telling me these are the orphans from Luskin you so lovingly took within their parents disappeared in a calamity that's just happened and um and you know how it can be people get lost in the system isn't isn't that right, Roman? And Roman seems to be struck by this, uh, staring at these children. He it, you seem to have awakened a memory in him that may have come from his own history, um, as an orphan, perhaps, or or, or as a displaced child. Um and he, he turns to you, Zig and he says, um, Zig, I was wrong about you. I would like to apologize if I have been brash, but I'm simply very passionate about my position and the corruption in Waterdeep, and uh, and I, I pray you will accept my apology. And he holds out his—actually, this time he unstraps his gauntlet and holds out his bare hand, which is a little damp, but the gesture is there.
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Zig does not hesitate, and uh, Zig takes Roman's hand and says, uh, no apology necessary. I understand that if you heard the rumors that you heard, you would be outraged, and I completely understand that you are just doing your job. I hope that now maybe I will see you here sometime as a friendly face.
0: Well, it is. It is rather cold in this armor, and and he he glances up at Hilda, who's ling- lingering on the staircase, very posed, but but he doesn't know that. <laughs> and he's and he says um, and he says this place does seem uh, warmer than a lot of the places I've been recently. Um, I'll I will I will return to the VBD and um and clear your name. Zig I uh again I apologize and I bid you adieu and he um and he turns and makes his way up the stairs uh trying to fit his gauntlet back on which Hilda is kind enough to help him with and um and as he leaves uh uh Melifor breathes out a sigh of relief as a wave of green energy uh, sweeps over the room, and uh, and th- and the corpses on the table return to um, being Therese. corpses. <laughs> oh, I had all these smell jokes I was gonna do. Oh well. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and she says, uh, "Ugh, I hate holding illusions for that long." Ugh. I'm going to need a drink. Is Unger around? And she uh, makes her way up the stairs as well, leaving you alone with. Um, Mori- Moriana. <laughs> and Moriana says, uh, uh, Well, Zeke, I must say that was an impressive display of deception.
4: Well, you know, we have to do what we have to do to keep going. Uh, are you available tomorrow afternoon? We should get brunch. Ah. Uh. Not for brunch, my dear. I am afraid I have a meeting, but said meeting could result in some of that wine you were speaking of earlier. So, why don't we set something up for next week instead?
0: Well, you know I'm not one to whine about wine. It sounds like you have a big day ahead of you. And, uh... Everything wraps up nicely. Uh, the evening goes on as planned, and you make your way back up to your office and uh, take the secret curtain door over to your bedroom, and, uh, and your bedroom is, if I recall, um, dark, dark, but very tactile. Your walls aren't wallpaper, they're a sort of uh, thick velvet that you, la- that you uh, brush your fingers familiarly against as you walk into the room. You have a large black four-poster bed of, uh, of twisting oak, um, sort of in the style almost of a, of a, st- of a cathedral. And, uh, and as you enter your bedroom, uh, you notice there's something strange about your mattress there's an impression in it like someone is lying down on it you take a step forward to inspect it but as
4: you do make a perception check nat 20 plus four
0: (laughs) just 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 as just before you're about to step forward you f- you feel a pressure almost on the bottom of your boot, and you lift it up to see a nail uh, is pointing upwards in your floorboard, uh, which is something that happens to you periodically as you as you walk through the alibi, um, as almost as though someone is trying to send you a message, but sort of a joking message. And uh, mm. as you look up, you see that the indent in your bed is gone, and in its place there is a. Long dark box with a sheen to it.
4: Um cautiously, Zig approaches the box. Um, inspects it.
0: As you inspect it, the you see that the surface is rough, and you realize that the reason that th- that it sort of shines is because it's wrapped in a sort of leather-like shark skin. Uh, which leaves a thousand microscopic cuts on your fingertips, which are too small and shallow for you to pay any mind, but they are there nonetheless. Mm. Uh, And you see the box is sealed with a sharp tooth through a leather loop.
4: Mm. I, um, will open the box. You open the box and inside
0: there is a there's a white fabric inside of it. A white silk over a hollowed out space where inside is a long black coat uh, cat of nine tails. You owned whips in the past, um, but there's something uh, different about this one. As you pick it up, it's heavy and uh, the, the tails of it don't seem to hang Naturally, they seem to be uh, moving with almost like a bit of a mind of their own. And beneath the whip, you see there is a folded note.
4: Zig is going to read the note. The note After just admiring said, the whip, <laughs> Truly, <Thrilling. laughs> <laughs> You swing it around in the mirror. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> mm, stretches it, you know, poses with it. And then it's like, oh, a
0: note. <laughs> uh, the note... Uh, Which seems to be written thinly in a dark red material that you, at this point, being familiar with your deity, know to be blood. And the note says, make him ours. This has been Abandoned Quest, a production of Sea Monsters Etc. Featuring Mike Allen as Braden Stabiner, Janelle Lawson as Blitz Avianosets, Sarah Nagel as Zig, and Carlina Manzi as Vizra Tiston. Album and player character artwork by Jem, who you can find on Instagram at MadeFetish. Music and Foley by Tabletop Audio, Kevin McLeod, Alan Gray, and Marco Bologna. We know there's a lot of RPG podcasts out there, so thank you for trying ours. We will be releasing once a month, because scheduling any more than that was absolutely wild, and we've already got several episodes ready to go. So if you're interested in following the adventures of Brayden, Misra, Blitz, and Zig, maybe subscribe and leave a review. Please, we'd love that. Please do that. Thank you. You can follow us on Instagram, at AbandonedPodQuest, and we are a very small production, so if you want to get involved, please don't hesitate to reach out. This has been your Dungeon Master, Donnie Knowles, and from all of us at Abandoned Quest, thanks for listening.